You are listening to Proudly Resents. Oh, reason. I, I can't even I hear you. Well. Hi, this is Tony Wazel. Uh, proudly Resents. The Cult Movie Podcast. The Adam Biggest Men Show. To all you Proudly Resents listeners out there, just remember, you can't test on hospitality. I want Hey, welcome to Proudly Resents, ProudlyResents.com. This is Adam Spiegelman, here with Michelle Buteau, great hey. comedian. Thanks for coming on. And uh, Frank Conniff, thank you for hey. coming on. Hi. And Thanks you, for having me. We've been having uh, people requesting movies. You were requested, Frank, as a guest. Uh, Seth Hurwitz put up when I was saying, what movies do people want? He goes, I don't care. Can you just get Frank on the show? Oh, okay. Nice. Nice. And I said, I don't know if it's possible. Fuck that it guy. It is very possible. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever Frank says, all right. Surprisingly possible. Well, we, uh, I asked you for a recommendation. You gave us a great movie, Valley of the Dolls, 1967. Why did you pick this film? What is it? Well, I, I think if, you know, to me, um, it's kind of a quintessential, uh, you know, movie that's so bad, it's fun to watch. And, um, and, and it just has... Uh, longevity, you know. I mean, I I saw it not when it, in the theater when it came out, but I think the first time it was on television, which was probably around 1969 or 1970. And um, my brothers and sister and I just like laughed, and we just loved it. And through the years, you know, I watch it about once a year, and it's it's always really entertaining, and it's always hilarious, and it's just to me like it's an all time perennial. Um, it's a bad movie, and the badness of it. Uh, has withstood the test of time. There's so many great lines about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's self-conscious? Do they know that they're doing No, these? no, absolutely not. And and people ask me about this a lot because I was on Mystery Science Theater and the, the key to, um, to an enjoyable bad movie is a lack of self-consciousness on the part of the filmmakers. In other words, the filmmakers are completely serious about what they're doing. They're sincere in their um, attempts to make what they hope will be a successful movie and that is... That's where the when that falls short or it goes wrong somewhere along the way, that's what results in a really entertaining bad movie. Whereas when they're self-conscious about it, if they're winking at the audience, that, that might be fun on that level, but it's not fun to me on a level of this movie is so bad that it's really it's really a joy. It seems like with this movie, even if they were winking at you, like they didn't realize it. You know, <laughs> no, not at all, yeah. not at all. And it's also, um, you know, it was a big studio movie. It's it's really big, yeah, big budget, and uh, it was and it did well when it came out too. You know, that's why they let Russ Myers make his. His uh, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, which has nothing to do with Valley of the Dolls except the title. And Beyond the Valley of the Dolls is, is I think, is a great movie. I don't think it's a oh, movie it's a that's great. so bad that it's good. I think it's a movie that's so good that it's good, you know. But it's that's like in a whole different category than Valley of the Dolls, which is classic. Oh my God, this is so horrible. I'm 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 loving watching this so much. This is classic camp. Like and doll, what are dolls? I mean, dolls it- are and uh, are pills, which was I guess was what they call them I've never heard anyone the gay boys still call them dolls gay men still call them dolls well that's probably because of the movie value yes exactly but um, other than that and not even in my gay experiences no (laughs) all seven of them yeah um, but uh, um, you know they're called dolls in the movie and I guess you're saying gay people call them but, but I've you know and I've I've had some experience with pharmaceuticals, and, and I've, I've never heard 
that expression used except in that movie, which is kind of another thing that's so great about it, you know. To get personal, do you ever get high on pills and go, I'm going to call these dolls? I, well, I do now, actually, when I, go to, when I go to the pharmacy now to get my gout medication, I always tell people. <laughs> <laughs> Class it up. Oh, my God. Oh, I don't know if Frank was gay. Well, that's good for him. <laughs> no, gay people don't call gout medication dolls. Right? Yeah. No, I don't I'm not so. up with it. <laughs> Michelle seems to know all this stuff. I haven't done the research on the gout medication for the gays, but... <laughs> I'll check my fact checker and get back to you. But the movie's about, it's based on real women, right? It's well, based- it's supposedly Jacqueline Suzanne. It's based on a novel by Jacqueline Suzanne, which was a, um, a, um, a hugely influential novel on bad trash literature. In other words, when it came out, I think in 1966, there wasn't um, a lot of books like that, really trashy books based on the sex lives of, of um you know, people, you know, Hollywood celebrities. And at the time, believe it or not, that was kind of novel and um, unique. And it was a gigantic, it broke every record in terms of, of, of best-selling books. It was a gigantic bestseller. And she, uh, Jacqueline Suzanne, I guess, based uh, um, a lot of the characters on people she knew in the world of Broadway and the show business kind of of, of New York in the 50s, in the 60s. And, and, and that's another, for me, another like really funny thing about the movie is the kind of world of show business that it presents. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like kind of this world, you don't even know if it even really exists. Oh, I there. know. And got the job right away. She like came to New York. Yeah, yeah. She didn't even like take a hot shit and she got a job. <laughs> yeah. Like, she what did in. that happen? Yeah, right. The, the, right. Pretty much a you got moxie, come on in. <laughs> so it was kind of based on real people, but yet it has that quality where it it doesn't seem to have any connection with any reality than anyone. Well, they said Judy Garland is one of the characters. Well, actually, um, the character played by um, Susan Hayward in the movie was originally um, supposed to be played by Judy Garland. And, oh, but wow. Judy Garland was pretty long gone by then. You know, she was close to the end of her life, unfortunately. There's, I think when you get the DVD of Valley of the Dolls, there's, as part of the extras, there's... Judy Garland singing one of the songs like it was like a wardrobe right because they started production with Julie yeah, but she, she was, was too drunk to, to play mm-hmm. the part and she and she never did which is which is too my bad. mom still talks about that by oh, the way because really? my parents moved to the United States to New York City in 67 uh-huh. so they were like oh this is like a great night out and they went to go see the movie, and my mom loves Patty Duke, and uh, she's like, "This is not what I thought it would yeah, be." Oh, did you imagine? <laughs> I was like, "I love Patty Duke," and then she was like a pill popper. And Patty Duke, <laughs> who has to be said, has given some some great performances in movies, The Miracle Worker, and and I loved her on the Patty Duke show, but she is god awful in in. Valley of the Dolls, and that's one of the th- her performances. See, oh. I thought she was amazing. Oh, really? And then I and then I found, I just recently read that she was bipolar, and I didn't know that either. And I was like, well, that must help with uh, well, yeah, with all those great. crazy scenes. I yeah. loved uh, I loved uh, the part where she uh, left her husband for a quote unquote queer. Right. Oh my uh, god, like, they love to saying that. There's some I know. great queer lines that they well they just say the word queer, but that scene when she catches her husband in the pool with another woman. Yes. She's in her underwear about the drinking straight out of the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's calling him gay. And was he? Oh, I loved all of it. Even worse word than that, I think. I want to get the quote right so I don't get 
so that I don't get pills thrown at me. But I love it because, like, I, I think at one point her friend's like, don't take those pills with alcohol. And she's like, they work faster. And I was like, yeah, girl, you get it. <laughs> Damn right they work faster. I don't know. It was so bad. It was yeah. good. But Yeah, so her Patty Duke is married to her longtime lover who... It's weird they played uh, by Martin Milner, right? From yeah. Adam Twelve. Yes. Yeah. He's a very handsome, straight-up guy, uh, and they're in yeah. New York, and she has a, a studio apartment. And uh, she's there's a lot of marriage going on in this movie. Like right but that away. That was the time, though, right? Didn't like everybody in, get married? Yeah. They yeah. met each other and they got married. You couldn't like, have have infidelities unless you got married. So <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be interesting otherwise. Yeah. Just called hooking up. And another po- kind of poignant thing is that Sharon Tate is in the movie, who you know, who ended up. Uh, being murdered in the Roman Polanski in the um, Charles Manson. She was married to Roman Polanski at the time. Right. And uh, she plays an actress who is for, because her husband has this horrible illness. She's, bizarre illness. Yeah, it just comes out of nowhere. Illness. His illness came out like a cold sore. I'm like, where was it? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Now he can't walk. It was yeah. too much. He can't walk, so he goes to the funny farm. Yeah, he, and that's one of my favorite <laughs> scenes in the movie, too, is when, is when they both start singing to each other. Oh, that's the, the best. In the, uh, Insane asylum. It he has was a like moment a, of clarity. Like he lost his legs, he went crazy. Uh, he has a moment of clarity and goes crazy again. Yeah, and then yeah. he like knows all the words. So it was like a bad episode of Glee. I'm like, really? Of, of, Glee. <laughs> of Glee? We're gonna sing our feelings. Where's Ryan Murphy? Like I just couldn't <laughs> take it. <laughs> and then, but then she, to make money, appears in what they describe <laughs> the film as French art films. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, French art films back then were, were kind of soft racy porn. And kind of oh my God, the director of the French, like that part uh, where he, she's like watching the scene with uh, that fr- French director, looks exactly like my father. Oh no. Because my dad loves quote unquote French television. Yeah. He's dirty. And I was like, and I told my husband, I was like, that guy looks like my dad. He's like, you're right. And I'm oh, like, no. yeah, that's kind of creepy. That is a little creepy. Yeah, because there was a way to get away. My dad used to be into photography, and he would get the photography magazines. Mm-hmm. Oh, my brother and I would just gra- come home from work in the magazine, we'd grab them, um, look through. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That was the kind of the, uh, in that movie, uh, Autofocus about Bob Crane. Uh-huh. He, had all, he said, oh, I'm, I'm a photography hobbyist. I'm a hobbyist with a photography, you know. I have to remember that. You catch your husband with porn. He's always a photographer. My husband is a photographer, so there's a lot of pictures oh. of skinny white girls. I'm like, unacceptable. <laughs> you guys can't see me. I am not a skinny white girl. <laughs> He's just like, work is really hard this week. Yeah. So the woman, yeah, she has to do these French. It's so great. Yeah. They're very heavy handed. That is a French art film. Yeah. Even when they're seen when uh, Patty Duke's having a breakdown in San Francisco, she's in the red light yeah. district. She walks by she a totally... poster and it says, French right from France. No one got into the cut stuff it. stuff back then. Yeah. yeah. From France. What really pissed me off about um, uh, that girl, t- what was her name again? In the movie, Sharon Tate. Tate. Yeah, what was her name in the movie? Anyways. Oh, I don't she, remember her name. Yeah, either. she would always talk to her mom, and her mom would always want money, and she never said bye to her mom. She would just hang up the phone. Her mom would say these awful things. She would say, you'd hear her end of the conversation. She'd yeah. Say, yeah, mom, I have no talent whatsoever. Yeah. I'm just a good body. Yeah. Word for word, that's yeah. what she said. Yeah, I was like, okay, I understand what your mom's saying now, but like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree. She'd be, like, she'd be like, okay, I'll get you money, mom, and then just hang up the phone. I'm like, no, bye. So when you're, so you're saying that when you're talking to your mother about your pornographic career, you should be more polite. 
about it. Yes. Hello. I mean, at least a goodbye. Right. <laughs> I got to go to the set, Mom. <laughs> this shirt doesn't take Mom, itself I, off. I <laughs> Mom, I can't talk. I'm giving a blowjob. <laughs> it's a French blowjob. Money's on the way. <laughs> got to so, go. She's so successful that America wants to buy her contract, and this guy won't sell it to her for 100%. She, Sharon Tate's character becomes this, goes to France becomes this huge uh, yeah. softcore porn starlet and then I mean there was no contracts in the 60s hello yeah but the guy's like I'll sell you back for 42% but where, where was the husband's sister then because she was like pimping her out so for the whole movies. movie the husband is like this big movie star he's got this crazy yeah. sister oh played by Lee Grant yeah an excellent actress in a bad movie yeah she, she called that movie her deck because her deck broke and she needed to pay for it oh yeah. damn <laughs> That is that is really sad. Yeah, like she she was. I thought she was great. She was just pimping everybody. I was like, just yell at people and make them act. She was like, um, like a mom from Toddlers and Tiaras or something. She's like, <laughs> dance, bitch. <laughs> when you meet him in the beginning, they say he doesn't do anything without her or sister, and he goes over there and he gives his sister like this crazy long kiss, kiss on the mouth. And I was like, wow, maybe they're together. Maybe that's not. That would have been. That could have been a plot in the movie. You know, in this movie, they, if they wanted to throw that in, they could have. Seriously. Yeah, they didn't wear the. Place. Well, I, I want to talk about the, the first woman we meet. She, she comes from way out in New England, mm. you know, five hours from New York City. Right. <laughs> <laughs> A whole five hours, yes. A beautiful uh, uh, place where... Um Dionne Warwick sings in the air. It's up there. That's how nice it is. It's so nice. She just walks around singing. You can hear. When she comes in, the movie starts with her, the woman giving narration. But she's narrating about things we should see. Like she says, oh, the, she's in a cab. And you see her get out. And she says, oh, the cab driver was asking me about New England. Yeah. I was like, why didn't we just see that? Like, I know. <laughs> there was an afterthought. Like, then she like mimes her like like words like out of her own mouth. I'm like, this is, is the audio <laughs> off? Like what is happening? It was a different, like you said, they do whatever they want because they had nothing well, to do. I love in the, in the end of the movie, movie in New England when that guy who's like the one that she was in love with and but he never got together but then finally at the end he wants to get together with her and and then she says no I'm on my own now and she walks out of the house and he's like no come back but it's her house yeah exactly no you go motherfucker you go like excuse me she, he's left in her house and she goes for a walk and she's, she's like, like fuck oh, I hate you so much you take the yeah. house yeah. I'm just gonna go with this cab driver yeah. we're gonna talk about weird trick <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna out. get another job in two minutes but you know I didn't even know uh, that um, the guy that she was with that she wanted to marry was hooking up with Neely like I did, O'Hara. Yeah, Neely O'Hara. Yeah. Who's uh, Patty Duke. Patty yeah, who's Patty Duke. He becomes her agent towards the end of the film and he starts hooking up with her. He becomes her agent, there. and then they have like a little open relationship-y. Well, they have like, I don't want to say it's foreshadowing. It's so telegraphed that she says, uh, when yeah. Patty Duke goes to the insane asylum to get rid of her drug yeah. addiction, she comes out and says, basically says, I'm going to steal your husband. Yeah. Yeah, and the other one looks at her like, what? I know. I Did like, I just hear that right? I know, but <laughs> I said the same thing. I was like, that's a joke, right? Like, that's a very uh, bad... You would have knocked her out, right? Oh, trust. I'd be like, she's crazy. <laughs> Put her back in there. She's on drugs. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're going to get rid of her right away. So this guy, his name is Lion, the guy that these women are fighting for. Yeah, it is. And he's a British guy without an accent. Yeah, he and, is. All yeah. hanging out by the water cooler. His par- he goes to England a lot. He's like, my parents oh, live in England. All the times I watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that. Well, his parents are from England. An English accent, I guess, helps me. It helps sell me this. Yeah, <laughs> it's a small hit. You don't Good have point. The accent, no matter what you information you're giving the movie, out, it's gonna pass. Me <laughs> and the guy's supposed to be British. Again, they didn't have to tell yeah. us. Just give us an accent. Yeah. We <laughs> it. At least Frank would have figured it out. I don't know, you and I. 
he goes out with a what's the main woman's name the uh the woman from new england and they, they go up to new england and she says you know you have to marry me let's get married and he said he leaves her goes to england to write a book because she inspired uh, he right. leaves a dear john mm-hmm. note saying okay saying uh, you inspired me to write this book i'm going to england this guy flew to england to get not to get married i mean hello <laughs> yeah you know what i mean drop that zero get yourself a hero girl oh yeah she sees him years <laughs> later and he's like oh yeah yeah he I, comes I, back she's like welcome back jane austen Jeez. <laughs> wow me ouch <laughs> <laughs> but I'd be so pissed if I like put somebody up in a hotel in a very charming New England neighborhood and then I'm like getting all dressed the next day putting on my 60s eyeliner makeup and I get to the hotel and I get this letter that he's not there I'd be so pissed yeah yeah well she she was mad for about a second right yeah She's like, I think that character is like kind of supposed to be the centered one in right. the movie, like the one who's kind of more like a normal. Well, yeah. Person. Then she got her groove on. She got the little hair commercial. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That Which was I don't weird. understand why there was a hair commercial that was ten minutes long. <laughs> it was a Christmas special. <laughs> yeah, they but did... Sharon Tate's mom saw it. It was all over the country. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the same way how she gets it. She's working for a lawyer. The guy who runs the hair company happens to be in the office. Because he happens I need to be attractive. Her. Yeah. Yep. And that's how she That's got how it. it happened. Is it? Yes. Oh fuck! I gotta work That's for a how lawyer. My career as a hair model started. <laughs> oh, I recognize your hair. Yeah, yeah. That's what happened. You just walked around waving your head. Uh, the hair product for people who want to look like Jor-El from Superman. <laughs> I've used that. It works. Yeah. I use it for Jufro. I, I represent Jufro. Jufro. Are you sure? It's, there's a lot of product in my hair. Okay. Is there? Yeah. Do you well, have curly hair? I have really curly hair. When it gets longer. Be free, man. Be free. Uh, yeah, go crazy. But it goes straight up. Your hair is beautiful. It comes out large. Mine Thank just goes you. straight up like an eraser. You should just like see play. what happens. I'm trying, but it's good. Do a little Jufra. Why not? Jufra. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, a do rag on the other day. Just no, you it. didn't. I did. My, on purpose? I almost got through. Well, I had one and I thought I'd wear it because it keeps the hair flat. Yeah, my girlfriend oh, almost threw me out. Oh, my God. Do you have a black girlfriend? <laughs> no. <laughs> How do you know about do-rags? I grew up, all the guys had it. Okay. do-rags. You grew up around black people? A few. Now, what exactly yeah. is a do-rag? Exactly. See, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, right, right. I did grow <laughs> up with more black people than I thought. I thought of the whole do-rag loop. A do-rag is like, let's say you spend a lot of time on your hair. Or like black uh, people, if they do their hair, they can't sweat because then you'll ruin your hair. Mm-hmm. So you go to bed at night, usually you have like a silk um, um, pillowcase because a cotton pillowcase will dry your hair out uh, and you have a little do-rag which is like silk or polyester, and you just like put it on your head so oh, it keeps okay. it in place. Huh? But you have a great head of hair. You, yeah, you, you used to be a hair model. This yeah, you doesn't worry you. Stuff. You're a hair model. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Side note. I'm, if they ever come up with a product to, where people want to make their hair gray, I'd be perfect for <laughs> What is the one that makes it ungray? The uh, perfect gentleman or something? Something like that. Something yeah. like that. Oh, can we just talk about the one black person in that whole damn movie? Who is that? Speaking of black people. The bartender of who, cut, <laughs> who cut Nelly off. <laughs> Neely, Nelly, tomato, tomato. He cut her off. And that's when she had like a, a crazy fit out of the bar when she was like, where is everybody? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There was, she, why is there one black, where's the one black person? Where I don't am know. I? In New York City. That was in New York place. City. It was like, you know, uh, well, there's all this turmoil in the civil rights movement. We better have one black person in the movie. <laughs> oh, we'll make them a bartender. <laughs> like before then, they wouldn't have any. You know, then they'd reach the point, okay, we'll put one in the movie. <laughs> you want a black person? We don't have any maids in this film. All right, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know he's going around like, I am the only black person in that movie. High five. In the beginning of the movie, we meet all these people, and Patty Duke is uh, in a play with the older actress who's kind of has been. Yeah, that's the um, Susan Hayward, and I believe maybe her character was maybe based on Eth- Ethel Merman. Maybe. It was, yeah, that's what I read. Yeah. 
I think so, I've heard that, yeah. So the Ethel Merman character is jealous of the young new singer, so she throws her out. And Patty Duke has these great lines. She's crying to her boyfriend. And she says, uh, she's talking about it. She wanted to be in this play after she got fired. I had big plans. I was going to take acting lessons and dancing lessons. So after the play, yeah, <laughs> I if I got this play, I was going to commit. Right. But before that, I don't know. And then she has another great line is, now she's fired. She says, all I have is my dignity. <laughs> Which is such a great Hollywood thing to yeah, say. Right. Yeah, Which kind of went away pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, she <did. laughs> I actually, her. one of my f- favorite things in the whole movie is um, is when they show Susan Hayward actually singing on stage, and there's this kind of like mobile, like the set is like this. Yeah, it's very three D, like and a. She, and she's singing this crazy song, which uh, the songs for the movie were written by uh, Andre Previn and Dory Previn, who are both really talented people who have done great things otherwise. But and this, the songs are just insane in this movie. They're 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 crazy, and she's singing the song, and she's just. Just standing still, singing it, and and then they cut to uh, Barbara Parkins and um, and the, the the guy who I now know is British sitting next to her. Lion. And uh, he goes, uh, you know, whatever you want to say about her off stage, on stage, she is sensational. I know, I know. I had the same moment. I was like, did that just happen? Because I was thinking the exact opposite. This guy's standards are so low. Oh my god. They think that's when the filmmakers think, you know, well, if we have someone in the and a character in the movie say that she's great, then the audience will believe that she's great, even though, you know, we don't have any actual footage of her being <laughs> Maybe if Judy Garland had been in good shape and had done the movie, then it, then maybe she, that would have been great, but it ended up not. The actress that replaced her, was she good normally? I mean, was she... Susan Hayward is a great actress. I don't think she was a singer, um, although um, she made some... Uh, she gave some great... Performances, and uh, I think there's one movie she's in called "I'll Cry Tomorrow," which she plays a real uh, Libby Holman. I think uh, I may be getting my movies mixed up. She plays a real life singer who became an alcoholic, and it's actually a great movie and a great story about uh, alcoholism and, and recovery and stuff, like made in the fifties. But but that that was also, I believe, Susan Hayward. I think died pretty soon after that movie too. It's kind of near the end of her career. Yikes. Yeah, you can tell. Towards the end. Getting everybody at the oh, end. Another I Wanna Live is another great Susan Hayward movie, in case anyone. That's also based on a real, real case. Uh, with the uh, ringing, we're in uh, RZO Hothouse Studios. <laughs> yeah. Normally we shoot in one of the, we record in one of the edit rooms, but they're really busy. They <laughs> got, sh- they got shit on the going line. on. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, uh, my, uh, Dave gave us his office, so you'll hear some ringing. Get over it. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Can we talk about the bathroom scene? Oh, that's the scene everybody loves. That we, scene. I was like, can't fight in the valley of the dog. <laughs> what? And she, she tore her wig off and uh, p- tried to put it down the toilet. I'm like, bitch, that is expensive. You don't tear <laughs> another woman's wig off and then throw it back at her. But I thought she looked better blonde. She takes the red wig off. Right. She actually like rips it off. Patty uh, Duke rips off the old Patty, lady's yeah, wig. Yeah, Patty Duke rips off the old lady's uh, wig. And then you, you see Mrs. Lost tries to flush it down the toilet, honey. It's too <laughs> thick in nature for that, okay? And then, <laughs> and then, like, you know, Mrs. Lawson, whatever her name is, Lawson. Right, Helen yeah, Lawson. Helen Lawson. Yeah. yeah. Um, she looks in the mirror, and I was like, boo, you look better blonde. Like, she has yeah. gorgeous blonde hair. And I'm like, why not keep the blonde hair? Like, why was, like, the red-headed thing, like, the new black? Was that, like, Lucille Ball dig? Like, she always had to have red hair? 
No, I don't know. I, I don't think it was. Uh, it was a, a dig, maybe it was a dig at Eth, maybe there was an Ethel Merman incident that was like quite that, possibly where, where Mary Martin flushed her mm-hmm. on the toilet. I don't know. <laughs> that was dope. Yeah, I, I thought it was good too. Like it looked good without the wig, but it was like oh, it must be a movie thing. Like the that was like supposed to be her great moment. Well, I'm I came in here in the through the front door. I'm going to walk out the front door. You know, you're supposed to to like her character, I guess, at that point. All right, but I don't because a her hair looks great. Uh-huh. B she's wearing a scarf over her head so she's not walking yeah. out with dignity with a bald head yeah. or like five yeah. patches of hair yeah, yeah she's so cute she rips a scarf like out of like like her bosom and she's like oh, you know i'm loud proud get used to it i'm like i don't understand i really want her to go through the back Plus, celebrities in those days you know nothing was they 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 didn't know at the time they had nothing to worry about because there was no twitter back then so in this day and age everyone would be out with their uh with their uh phones taking pictures of her and and yeah. it would be all over TMZ, but now she just goes home and it's forgotten about. You know? By the time yeah. someone went to report it, they would have fallen asleep, forgotten, something else would yeah. have happened. <laughs> it's you true. Know, I'm going to write this down. Like, Fuck, I should have wrote it down there. Yeah, they had to like wait for the newspaper for reviews. Boo. That was great, the 4 a.m. to wait for the reviews. Now it's like the play ends and everyone's phone lights up. People are tweeting during the play. Right. Well, <laughs> it's like live tweets. That's, that's a product of that old show business that's no longer exists, is, is critics would actually go to... Critics don't go to plays on opening nights anymore. They go to previews, uh-huh. and then their reviews are published the day after the play opens. But back then, critics like uh, Brooke Atkinson at the New York Times whoever, would go to a play and then go from the play to the newsroom and write their review. And that was a thing where people in the plays would go to Sardi's or wherever and wait for the reviews to come out. Well, we have a lot more stuff to do now. We don't uh, have time to wait. Can't sit on <laughs> we got to tweet. We got to look at our Facebook. <laughs> yeah, right. time right. for this. We have emails to check. <laughs> well, like, how would the movie be different? Like, if they didn't, if they, if it was now, like we had Twitter and oh my cell god, phone. Lindsay Lohan would totally be, totally yeah, be well, Patty they Duke. Should, you know, they've remade it uh, at least once. They did a, a mini series version of it, and I believe it was an actual TV series in the eighties, well. right? They yeah, tried in the eighties. So I'm sure, right as we speak, in some. Studio. I'm sure they're developing it. I'm sure that there's always they're probably always thinking about putting it out again and, and doing a new version of it. Yeah, I think they should. I mean, it, it's still because it's like uh, Naomi Campbell throwing phones. And yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it seems like it would be a a, a, per, a natural. And like I said, you know, even though like Jacqueline Suzanne, it wrote what was considered a very trashy novel. It it, it did was in a way very prescient in a way in about the the way the popular culture went mm-hmm. of people being fascinated by the scandalous lives of celebrities. You know, it was in, in its own way. It was a groundbreaking book. But you'd have to try to top that and top what you read now on the yeah. blogs. I mean, just go to Bravo and look at all those reality shows. Yeah, right, right. I mean, it's, it's just like, everywhere. Now I don't know if people are, are as satisfied with fictional versions, even though the reality shows are incredibly fictional. Anyway. Yeah. All right, so I'm doing a reality version of Beyond the Ballad of Dolls. I thought of that yesterday. <laughs> Fuck you guys. I'm selling to the Bravo. You're out. You're all out. Out. I.e. writer, sure. Come on in. Pay ten bucks. Um, what, and would you recommend this film to other people to see? Absolutely. It's, oh my it's, God! It's yes. Wonderful. It's it's really entertaining. It's it's I you know like any bad movie. I'd say watch it with friends. You know. And um, it's 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 a classic of, of its kind. It's really it's really a joy to watch. I think. What Michelle yeah. would be. Oh, absolutely. But you know, I'd be like, don't blame me if you don't like it because it's amazing. Plus, my husband is not from this country, so when he watched it, he sort of got like a boner for the architecture and the furniture, uh, uh, and he loves all that stuff too. And it looks great. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, he was really. Um, 
excited to see what New York looked like right, in the 60s. Right. Yeah. Well, so. it, it looked like a lot of cheap sets is what New York looked like. And same with, she goes to San Francisco, the red light district, and it yeah, looked like it was stage eight. Thing. Yeah, just with red lights. <laughs> with some red lights. And is there a moral to this film? Would you say? Damn. Wear condoms. Stay off, stay off the dolls. <laughs> yeah. Stay off the, in New York, when I lived in New York, there was a... Um, drag version of this pl- of this movie. Oh. I thought the movie was the drag version. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It was been way I over the top. I would love to see that. Cuz oh, yeah, so well, the- you know, needless to say it's one of the most iconic gay thing gay th- things in gay culture uh, imaginable. Totally. I tweeted last night um Neely O'Hara, Neely O'Hara, like really really relaxed. So I was like, I feel inspired. And then my um, one of my gay boyfriends tweeted, "There's one star in a Helen Lawson production, and that's Helen Lawson, and that's <laughs> me, baby. Remember? So my gay boys are on it. Like yeah, this is yeah. a cult classic. Oh, totally. I did. I did just find the the gay uh, quotes. So it's not me. Um, when Patty Duke Neely is out with her gay boyfriend, yes. her husband says, uh, "Some queers dying. Women dying to have queers make their clothes." And then she says, she argues with her husband. She goes, you know how bitchy fags can be. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you just oh, say my that? God. Yeah, when she catches her gay husband, uh, he's like, I'm not gay. Yeah, <laughs> bonus like, some oh. girl. He's a pimp. It was pretty funny. He was pimping. I think for that time, too, even like talking about homosexuality was like kind of considered daring in its yeah. at, yeah. at that time. And this isn't even all that long ago, you have to remember. This is like, so people have to remember about all the rights that people take for granted now, you mm-hmm. know, civil rights and gay rights. It's, it's like we're, it's, it's still a new era that we're in where people even are considered that they can even have these rights. Totally. You know? Even the economy. When she paid the taxi driver, she gave him like a coin. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so are you kidding? Yeah. You gave him like a dime. Well, that's, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, there's so many examples of stuff like that. Like in, in Annie Hall, when, um, there's some line where, uh, Diane Keaton's complaining about how expensive her apartment is. And if you see the apartment in the movie, it's got a balcony. And she's like, it's like $350 a month. (laughs) God. Are you kidding me? Also, the the gay stuff was weird because it's it's either zero, it's either nothing or totally insulting. Like Mm. you're saying, like it's the fact that they're talking about homosexuals, Uh but they're like not whispering and they're like fags. Straight out insulting about it. Yeah. Well, at least you're talking about it. Well, not really. (laughs) Could be a middle ground. Yeah. Well, Frank, I want you mentioned uh, Mystery Science Theater. There's a lot of, unlike this one, podcasts about bad movies and mm. people are kind of copying that or doing Mystery Night. You still do Cinematic Titanic. Yeah, Cinematic Titanic, which is basically a live version of Mystery Science Theater with all of the original cast. We go around to different cities and we have a, uh, have a rep- repertoire of about a dozen movies that we um, do riff and commentary on. and It's really fun. Do people yell out also, or do they wait for you? No, guys? no, they they listen, they they watch us, and and if, I think if I've read online afterwards, when people yell shit out, they get in trouble with the people sitting next to them. Oh, really? It's good. Yeah, exactly. Because they want, yeah, they want to hear what you guys have to say. Well, what what do you? Because people do bad movie nights, and what is it? Do you have any tips, any hints, things not to do, things that well, you've learned? Well, for one thing, if you're gonna watch a movie, um, a bad movie, just to yell out commentary at it, it has to be in the in your home. It can't be in a in a. You can't go to a movie theater and do that because any movie that you go to. <laughs> Insert black joke here. Sorry. Yes. That looks right at Michelle. Sorry, Michelle. <laughs> no, but I would say you know that it's it's uh, you know because even a really bad movie, some people are there to see the movie. You know, and um, 
But what about the at home? Because some people do it badly. Some people do it well. Some people just well, yell at them. You know, I think if it's if it's not a professional thing, if it's you're just doing it for fun, then the idea is just to have fun. You know, it doesn't have to be great riffing or anything like that. It's you're just sitting there, and it's a way to enjoy a, a bad movie with your friends. That's cool. What was the, your favorite movie that you guys have done? Either Cinematic Titanic oh, or Mystery Science. Um, uh, well, Mystery Science Theater, I mean, I really liked uh, Manos, The Hands of Fate. You're credited and, with bringing that movie back. <laughs> it's now on I, Blu-ray, by the way. They're, re- they're um, doing a restored version of it, believe it or not. <laughs> and, I re- and I liked um, I Accused My Parents was another movie we did. What is that? that? That was like kind of a 1940s um, cautionary tale about a kid who gets into um, trouble with crime because his home life is so bad and it, you know the big dramatic moment is he's in court and he says uh, who do you blame for this and he goes I accuse my parents you know so it's all about <laughs> oh how his God. drunk parents made him a criminal um, so there's stuff like that Mitchell I like I like um, um, Teenagers from Outer Space was a you know I mean we I, when I was there I mean I did like over a hundred films so it's, it's all kind of a blur to me did you do Brigadoon? Brigadoon? Yeah. <laughs> no. Isn't that kind of a good one? No! Uh, are you serious? Is that your favorite? What are some of your favorite bad films? Or good bad favorite films? bad films. You mean the musical Brigadoon? Yes. Really? That's like, you, you hate that movie? Yeah, my mom used to make me watch musicals oh, okay. with her. So the student prince. You accuse your parents. As well. I do. I accuse my mom. Oh, God. Bad films. I can't. Ah. Uh. I just saw the Green Lantern on a plane, and oh, I got very mad. Wa- I heard you walked out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, the only show. like saving thing was like Ryan Reynolds and like underwear. Am I right, uh, <laughs> <laughs> fellas? Fellas, dolls. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what was that movie even about? It like to Green be, Lantern. It seemed like a yeah. I mean, I know uh, the Green Lantern, but it yeah, seemed... that was like uh, I saw that on a plane as well. That's the only time I would watch it. Yeah, it's, it was pretty pretty bad. You know what I think is one of the worst movies I've seen recently was uh, I just saw it on cable was uh, Sucker Punch. You ever seen that? Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I did not no, see no, I didn't that. No, I didn't see it, but I heard it was it's terrible. Like the guy just, did Three Hundred, right? Yeah, and, and Watchmen, and it's just the, that movie struck me as just really. I felt like you know Watchmen what, could be a good movie like that. You know what movie made me really sad? Was uh, Mamma Mia. Oh, really? Yeah, that was... Because I love me some Meryl Streep, but that was like an yeah. intervention waiting to happen. <laughs> well, well, stop it, girl. Stop. That was... They actually... Well, they have... Um, they have like sing-alongs like for Greece and West mm-hmm. Side Story, and they actually have the Mamma Mia mass suicide. <laughs> no! People who are waiting need one more reason to go over to the other side. It's at the hollowed ball Pierce, this Saturday. Pierce Brosnan singing ABBA will we'll say will give you that information. Yeah, these guys are picked from the movie, not singers. I don't get it. Great. And Michelle, where can we find you? Want to uh, hear your comedy, your Twitters? Um, you can tweet me at Michelle Buteau, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-B-U-T-E-A-U, or michellebuteau.com. It's free. Do it. <laughs> Frank, how can we find you? I can be found on Twitter at uh, Frank Conniff and on Facebook at Frank Conniff and CinematicTitanic.com. Uh, this is Prowlersense, Prowlersense.com. Go to our website. Uh, every week we do three of the week, three new podcasts you should check out. Uh, this new guy, David Feldman and Jimmy Dore, Pardo or Dore? Jimmy Dore. Okay. I'm not, I'm not big enough to do Jimmy Pardo's show. <laughs> he won't even talk to you yeah I know uh, follow us on uh, Facebook and request movies or people to come on we'll do it and of course at 
Prowler Resents. All right, thanks guys for being on the show. Thank you. It was a great movie. You can find it on Netflix. All right. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Frank, I appreciate it. You're welcome. Michelle, that was awesome. Adam, we're out of time for this interview.